racing is one of those things that it's it's so part of your identity and it, it or at least it was you know for me i mean I, I still look at myself as a as a motorcycle racer and you know even though i'm not racing you know fully now it's just man it's it's who you are Episode 113, Tank Slapping Podcast. Back at it on a Tuesday morning. The other guy is back on the other side of the mic. Robbie Bobby, what's good, man? I'm just grumpy today. That's all. I'm good, though. I'm good. We're, we're grumpy. We're hungry. We're good. And it's weird. It's like the season's over, but I'm like so backed up right now with work. So we're, we're multitasking. What do you what what are you so busy with? Just uh D and D stuff or rate what like what are you racing next year? What's like people have been asking, like what's what are you doing? No, we're we're doing it. We're gonna make our official announcement at the uh the world finals Panhandle Clash kickoff party. So you everybody'll know everything there. But uh, yeah, we're going racing next year. I mean, you know me, I can't sit out. Um but yeah, D and D work, which is, you know, always nonstop. Uh, buying and selling motorcycles new and used and then um I kind of I cleaned out my engine room and got started back on that, and it's been a really good uh, problem to have. Um, so I'm I'm getting work stacked up, which is always a good thing. And then, uh, as you can well be aware, that uh, the promotional game, and I only do a couple big events anymore, really. But uh, the Clash is my biggest one, man. I'm just, it's just like as you know, everywhere you look, there's like details, details, details. Finalize this, finalize that, and. Like, man, I don't know from your end, man, but man, awards have just gotten crazy expensive. Oh, man. Yeah, my um, awards went up. Seems like they went up like $800 in one year. Like for this year, they've gone yeah. up. Like, I don't know the percentage, but it, I was like, what? So, well, yeah. So, yeah, so, amateurs definitely uh, take pride in these awards because fuck, they're expensive. Well, we're doing ours. Um, where we have like it's a, a championship format. So, you know, I got to get, and obviously not trying to compare it to your event whatsoever, but you know, we have four events plus an overall championship. So dude, my award bill is almost six grand. It's like, yeah, I believe it. Back. Yeah. I believe it. But, Just, uh, you know, it's doing what four I do. days of racing, yeah. like 20 classes, four days, first, second, third awards. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I just, I don't, I'm not going to give out little, little ribbons or anything. I mean, I wish I could afford to you know, give everybody super badass, you know, stuff but uh um i did put a lot more money and effort into my overalls because i really want people to race for a for a championship man i don't know i just think it's kind of cool but um anyway long story short that's got me a little stressed out but thankfully um we got some really good partners that, that help out absorb some of that and, and support our event just like your event so um sponsors are, are always a a a vital asset when it comes to promotions but man it's yeah still though yeah. it's like you put all this money out ahead of time and it's like, man, I just, I just hope shit goes halfway right. You know, we do a good job and you do a good job and you know, most promoters do a good job and um, it's just still, it's like the grind never stops, man. It's just not an easy button, man. I don't know. I would say, well, before we get into that, I want to uh, just shout out. You, you mentioned sponsors without mission foods, the, the title sponsor of the pod, this won't be possible. So shout out to mission foods. If you can support their products, go uh, go to your local grocery store if they don't have it. Uh, look online. Just anything you can do to support Mission, they support the podcast and they support the entire industry. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh, yeah, it's actually crazy because I last year Winter Throwdown is it's so hard to to be on the podium there. Like it's 
and your race too. But like, if you like make the main at winter throwdown, sometimes like it's, uh, you, you know, Max whale, he didn't even make the main event in the pro class last year. So, but so anyway, like last year I tried to give out top five number plates for like the top five, but man, it's just, it's so much, it's so much money. Like, promoting we should do a podcast on promoting and just take questions from people because just like the ambulance bill is a few grand like porta potty so you know you know you're growing your event when every year i have to order like two or four more porta potties than when we started and the porta potty bill like getting them cleaned in between uh friday and saturday bringing them in stocking them it's like a couple grand for porta johns you're like well wait 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 we stock them the consumer stocks them right like Technically, if you want to get technical with it, we're well, stocking them up. They're coming in and stocking Stack them. I ain't stocking shit. So. No, like the dumps, they're stocking them. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. I ain't, I ain't. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stocking and stacking. <laughs> that first did you, morning uh, stack. Did you listen to Lane's, Lane's pod or no? No, man, I don't like that guy. It was pretty fun. It was pretty good, dude. He was, uh, <laughs> Not people, people were shocked. They're like, man, he was like really intelligent i'm like yeah lane's a thinker man like he's uh he gets into it like he's, he's wait got a his, lot of... i mean he's silly but has anybody ever said like lane's dumb i don't i don't think so he's, he's i think really it caught sharp. him off he, guard he just like a filmer guy that knew that much so. so we actually have a guest today and our guest on the pod is peyton sassman peyton is a former pro road racer he did the ama pro days and we'll have to ask him the years but it was like 08 to shit i don't know the mid 2010s uh if that if that's how you word it i don't even know how to word it but uh anyway he was a pro road racer but he grew up flat tracking he grew up racing with Shayna and carver and raspoli and a bunch of people man it was crazy i was with johnny long yesterday and we were talking about all the racers rob who like you grew up with as amateurs how like 80% of them like either never went pro or they went pro one year and like retired. Like, isn't that crazy? Like, yeah, you probably have the same people. Like we were going around the state and I was just naming like four or five racers from each state who like were really good riders who don't race no more. Um, and it, it's just, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Like guys like, uh, like we, you know, Ricky Marshall, and then we were talking, keeping the Ohio theme, um, Charlie Italia. And then, um, like a kid Shana raced, Ricky Boley, you know, Ohio, Michigan, uh, Carter Myers, Travis Myers, um, uh, California. Logan Myers. Yeah, Logan Myers, Joe Hernandez in California, Bonzi. We haven't seen Bonzi in a while. Um, there's a Clayton. Uh, Mal, Mal, what's that? Mal Malagalero, Malagalero, um, Kenny. Oh, Kenny. Yeah, yeah, him. Kenny. Yeah. I, I think he um, broke his front end off at Springfield. I never saw him again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then New York, like Dennis Flynn, Mike Radley, even Matt Matt Weedman. Like, we haven't seen him in a while. Uh, man, there's so many. There's so many people. Um, through every state, there's so many. But anyway, we could I can name probably 50 people we mentioned yesterday. Like, man, I wonder what that guy's doing. But um, anyway, we have Peyton on, and uh, he's had a really interesting career, and he retired kind of early, so – Want to get some thoughts on um, on his career, Rob? You you kind of lived near them, right? Like, so you grew up knowing them. Yeah, I knew them. They're they're kind of, they're basically flat track royalty with that last name. You didn't even mention how how they got into it, but I believe, and I'm sure he'll tell us. But um, I believe Dad Greg had a Harley dealership or still has one in Macon, if I'm not mistaken, um, down in Macon, Georgia. And um, I think Greg did road racing as well. But it was a natural progression, though. Those those two boys, Brett and Peyton. Um, 
were very, very fast. I remember him coming down to Oak Grove and Baker, which is a old school stomping grounds. And man, they would always be running up front. And they always, one thing I remember them though, man, their gear and bikes were always like right on time. Like they were great looking leathers. Like you would think that they were pro when they were amateurs. They just had that appearance to them. But uh, yeah, I remember them vividly. I think one of them went and did competitive either hair scrambles or enduros maybe too. I think I remember that. I'm still friends with them on Facebook. I haven't really connected in a long time, but I, I check up on them and follow them because, um, yeah, they had a lot of potential. But I'm curious to see uh, what changed in life to make them go the different way. Yeah, we've had Greg Sassman on the podcast. And if somebody would – we were, what, 113 episodes in. If somebody asks me um, the most underrated podcast where people didn't – um, you know, I didn't know it would go over that well is probably the Greg Sassman podcast. Like I've had, I've been reached out by dozens of people who, uh, who say that's on their top three, top five shows we've ever done, which is, which is saying something. Cause we've had a lot of really, you know, Kenny Roberts, Pastrana, Wayne Rainey, Springer, like we've had some heavy hitters and, and the Sassman pod, Greg, yeah. if you go back, that was a really underrated, really good podcast. But, uh, yeah, let's, um, Let's shout out Bell Power Sports. They make the podcast happen. Been wearing Bell for four years now, and it's cool to see how many riders are out there on the on the grid or what the starting line with the Bell helmets. Uh, check out their website, bellhelmets.com, to view their full line of products. If you start tank slapping, you want to be protected by Bell. And we'll bring them on. Peyton, I, I know you're busy working. You're a working guy, and um, so we won't take too much of your time, but wanted to get some insight on what the heck you've been up to, man. How you been? Hey, Corey, I'm doing great, man. Uh, really happy to be on y'all's podcast, man. This is such a great show. I really enjoy listening to it. So uh, it's a uh, it's an honor to be on. So, man, and, you know, we go back a long time and it's uh, just really cool. Come full circle. Yeah, so uh, let's kind of get into it a little bit. Your uh, amateur days and uh, our careers were kind of similar where we both really didn't start riding when we were four or five years old, like we kind of, we, we started, you know, around the same ages. Like I was probably 14, 15, same with Brett, your brother. And I raced with Brett and you rode with Shana, but you didn't really start riding until maybe, I think your first bike was like on, it was like an RM 80. Like you were on eighties pretty much is when you started. So what, uh, what was the delay a little bit and how, how did you kind of get into, uh, finally like, you know, let's go racing every weekend. Right. So this all kind of happened, you know, really quickly. And to your point, you know, really didn't grow up riding that much. I mean, of course, you know, I know you can relate. It's like you learn how to ride when you're, you know, four or five, six, you know, around that age. And, you know, it's just kind of something you do. It's part of your family. And, um, but, you know, my story uh, I played hockey. Uh, that was my thing, you know, even despite living in the South, I played hockey and was on you know travel teams and, uh, played ice and roller, uh, as did my brother. Um, and you know, it, it was just kind of, that was our focus. And then, uh, you know, one day, uh, customer came in and, uh, a good friend of ours named Alan Durden, he ran the, uh, Swainsboro flat track in Swainsboro, Georgia. And, he knew my dad and said, Hey, well, you ought to bring uh, you know, come check out what we're doing, bring boys down. Uh, and we just ended up going down we had a little XR 50 and I'd kind of ride that around just, you know, having fun. And 
it's just hey let's let's enter the 50 class you know maybe you might get you know third or fourth or you know whatever it was and uh i ended up winning it you know despite being older which is kind of the funny part but uh you know it just kind of was like a hook from there thing and you know the, the following month because I, they only had them once a month um following month we uh brought back an extra 100 and then you know ds80 and uh just kind of whatever we had around because i mean I, i'm telling you man it went from being riding an xr 100 in the backyard to being an amateur nationals you know racing against the fastest kids in the country within a span, span of maybe a year and a half maybe a year uh so their trajectory was pretty quick and it was you know me and my brother just uh kind of man it was just went from zero to a hundred uh, y'all jumped in deep God, yeah it was it was very deep and it was very eye-opening too uh i mean i remember being at amateur nationals for the first year and you know my dad and me watching in between heat races and seeing how those kids you know rode that were you know groomed to race from you know a young age i mean i know you guys know you grew up in it and um you know just and re what i mean by that is down here in the south it just flat track wasn't as big as it was up you know whether it be you know new york or pennsylvania or you know northern california or whatever just wasn't the culture i mean we maybe had like i said one race a month you know and you had swainsboro and nisa south carolina that you could go to but other than that that was pretty much it so a lot of our our you know racing and training and all that was kind of super camp based uh xr 100 um you know pretty much get off of, get out of school and start riding super camp style, you know, 100 training stuff. And that's really kind of how I did what I did and how my brother did what he did. And, you know, it's a big, uh, big part of our, our dad and, you know, his guidance and, you know, structure and all that. And I heard what you said about his, uh, his podcast doing really well. It's, I was going to mention that it was really awesome listening to that one. And, um, you know, but yeah, a, a lot of it came from him and kind of the the plan, I suppose. Um, but yeah, uh, it is, uh, just really happened quick and, you know, but not without structure and kind of a, uh, a game plan, if you will. Well, I remember you guys coming down to Baker, Florida a couple of times too, um, and you guys are fast, man. And it's funny you mentioned that too. I, you brought up, um, Swainsboro, man, God, that brings back some memories too, because that was right. like y'all's and uh, Newt, Newt Irvin's stomping around. Mm -hmm. That's, yep, that's and, right. Uh, Gonyers would show up. I remember him. But there was one another name, Corey, that Catfish. Kind of <laughs> what? We we all called him Catfish, man. Like, uh, oh, <laughs> just with his accent, just pure. Yeah, I know going flat track racing today. Just like, man, you know it's funny though, man. It's Gonyers, man. Was when fast, he was on. Dude. He was tough at he Savannah was. too. Dude, like Savannah, fast. that was his home. Yeah. I remember um, I had the, I had uh, Chuck Taylors on the one time at Savannah, like brand new white Chuck Taylors, and he cut he walks by and like I know Chase, but I, we didn't we weren't boys or anything, but he was always really nice and cool. And 
he'd be like, he he walked by me and he looked down at my shoes and he looked back up and he looked back down. And he's like, man, what the hell are you wearing? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> <laughs> I can hear him say that too. It's so um, funny. Yeah. Um, also, the the Pulliams too. You guys raced against them for a little while, didn't you? Man, that was they they were like a, you know second family type of thing. I mean, we yeah. you know would you know go to Ohio for cushion races with them, and you know go to Daytona with them for you know nationals. And um, man, that was a that was a big deal. You know, going to Daytona for the first time for winter nationals. And I mean, truthfully, it's you know and I knew, you know, Corey, you and Shana, you know, from Harley uh, dealer meetings and dealer network and all that. But really, I remember that being kind of the first time being around you guys racing and, you know, kind of hanging out with everybody. It's, I, it's, I was thinking about this last night and just the uh, kind of like replaying memories. And I remember being at Ocala Short Track and watching heat races and it just being a stand, you know, everybody hanging out on the stands and, it is being pretty much who's who of flat track and road racing now, um, you know, just back then. And it, it's just, it's really cool to, to grow up in that era and, you know, um, race with, you know, all these guys. And, and it's to your point and y'all's point you were making earlier. It's, there's a lot of people that grew up in that time that were really fast people that they just, you know, kind of, life happens and you know your you know career path changes or you know what i mean golly some of the people you were saying in the intro you know ricky marshall ricky Bowley. i mean these are people that i remember talking to hanging out with racing with and yeah just you know it happens so it's crazy how so many of them like they just like don't post on social they kind of just Sure. I don't know if it's like something with racing, if it's just like they don't want to be be involved in it anymore at all. Like, you know, it's like you see more like all those guys I mentioned. It's like, man, you don't even you don't see anything about like, you know, their families, their kids. What are they doing? It's like mm-hmm. um, my ultimate pod. Like I was a huge Ricky Marshall fan because like when I started racing yeah. in like oh three, oh four, he was like the guy like he was coming off the horizon award. It was this jacked, like, dude, he was freaking jacked. Like, he had these <laughs> biceps that were just, like, jacked, dude. He was fucking huge for, like, a flat track racer. And I remember, yeah, like, I raced with him in that Winter Nationals. And he was, like, he could have been arrogant, but he was, like, the nicest guy. Like, he'd come over. He was. And he would, like, smoke me. And he'd come over and be like, hey, man, good job. Like, work on this. And this was, like, the number one amateur prospect in the country and mm-hmm. just like a really cool guy. So I was always a big R- Ricky Marshall fan and um, not many people hear from him anymore, but I'd love to uh, get Ricky on the pod someday. But anyway, like um, you mentioned some of those guys and um, before we get into kind of your switch from flat track to road racing, who were some of the riders that you sort of battled with um, like 85s, 250s? Uh, you know, you, we talked about a few of them, but did you have any, any big rivals like at a local level, national level? Um, like there's some really, really heavy hitters back then. Um, and then to actually, while you're on that, talk about the, uh, the race, the 250 mod race at DeCoin that one year, it was like 12 of you guys like race and battling. Oh, wow. Probably the best yeah. race I've ever seen yeah. in my life. So yeah, talk about that a little Man. bit. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That That's, uh, you know, kind of starting, starting off as, you know, not to just like, beat a dead horse but it was, it was really a who's who of, 
of flat track racing and, and road racing, um, you know, road racing to a lesser extent, but, you know, uh, flat track, especially, I mean, it's like Brad Baker, Chad Coast, JD Beach, um, Shane Narbonne, uh, Jeff Carver. I mean, if you were asking like, who did I race, you know, pretty closely back and forth, I would say Jeff Carver, um, probably, you know, and, and Shana too. I mean, it was just, you know, pretty much always, you know, could depend on them to be, you know, up front, you know, and not that, you know, there was nobody else up there, of course. I mean, cause there was a big era, you know, where JD was, you know, right there and, you know, the gotta be, you know, so, I mean, it's, um, definitely, you know, but it was always, at least for my age bracket and my path, uh, it was, it was Shana and Jeff Carver. In fact, um, there's a uh, amateur nationals t-shirt from 2007 and it's on, it's a picture from the Decoin mile. Uh, and it's me and your sister and, um, and Jeff. Um, so yeah, it was pretty much, uh, always them. Um, but you know, when it came down to amateur nationals, you know, um, Brad Baker was always, you know, always there. Um, man, uh, uh, yeah, just really, uh, really cool era of, uh, of flat track. Cause man, amateur nationals were just, it was, there was, there were multiple heats of every class and it was, you know, you had to qualify for your main. I mean, it, it was not like, a, uh, okay, we're gonna, you know, we're automatically in the main. I mean, it was, it was hot. It was booming, man. Um, really fun era to come up through. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean that, that two fifty race, I, I, I still talk about that a lot with, uh, everybody that watched just the drafting. I mean, there was 12 of you guys in the main yeah. event and, and it was a 12 rider battle the whole race all the way to the finish. And it was, yeah, that race was pretty, it was pretty special, but yeah, we talk about that. We talk about that quite a bit actually as our, the, the most iconic yeah, race yeah, I've and, ever and, seen. And, in my perspective on that, man, it was, I mean, quite honestly, kind of a blur, uh, you know, but, uh, it was just, golly it is. It, I wish know, I could see the results happened. from that. Cause I don't remember everybody in it. Like well, I know it was, it was like I, you, I Brad, JD, Shana, um, Carver, uh, man, I forget like the list of people in that main event um it ended Rispoli, mm -hmm. i think was in it like it was everybody yep. everybody we talked about in that one race and it was a, a 12 rider yeah. battle to the to the finish it was sick it was scary but it was but it was sick so um i wanted to kind of transition a little bit like so you did the um i don't remember like you did a year of 450s i think flat track and then mm -hmm. you went over and, and started doing the road racing thing and do you kind of um do you wish you did some of the pro stuff? Cause at the time people listening, there wasn't like a pro singles class in flat track. Like when you went pro, it was kind of, there was like a half-ass hot shoe series that didn't pay very well. It was kind of shitty. Like me and Brett did it. Uh, and then, you know, I jumped on and I started riding a, an XR, but there wasn't like great options for people. And maybe that's why a lot of riders didn't transition. Like they, uh, the options weren't, I mean, the hot shoe races, like if you went to Daytona and Savannah and you did the hot shoe series and I, I, I honestly, honest to God, there would be 45, 50 riders. If you won, you won like 200 bucks. Uh, so there was, there was no money in hot shoe racing at the time. 
And then you literally yeah. jumped right onto an XR 750 and raced Chris Carr. So it was like, uh, it, <laughs> it was a hard transition where it didn't make any sense, Rob. So like, I, I think that's like looking up the results from the early two thousands, the, uh, the road race, the road racing was like, man, it was, it was kind of the move. Like a lot of people went that route. So. Oh, for sure. For sure. I went that route. I mean, not that I was fast in either one of them, but, um, you know, the, I'm not gonna speak on, on their situation personally, but, um, but it definitely was. I mean, another thing too, and I know it sounds super cheesy to look at it this way. So don't take, don't make fun of me for this, but like I could look at spending similar amounts of money. Obviously road race tires are way more expensive and the bikes are more expensive, but you know, they're still, they weigh each other out a little bit, but, but I just knew that I could travel, you know, 13 hours and not have to get six laps and go home. You know what I mean? Like yep. I could make the grid, yep. even if I was starting on like the 12th row, it's like, well, shit, I'm still in the show, so to speak, you know? And, and back, back then, like you guys were saying, and we even hear the old heads talking about it. Like you would show up and, you know, practice and scratch sheets or like for Daytona, you don't even make the night show. You're like, you're watching, yeah. you're watching everybody else have the chance. So that was one of the reasons why I switched, but I'm sure everybody's got their own reasons, but I know it sounds a little bit cheesy, but my dad also really just likes road racing more than flat track or whatever that's worth. Yeah. And to answer your question, Corey, as far as, you know, my path of, you know, going from dirt track to road racing, um, you know, I would say that there is, you know, I guess a, a longing to do some pro stuff in dirt track. Um, and I mean, there, there is, I mean, it, for sure it's, it's insanely good racing, you know, and, you know, very fun kind of racing too. Um, but, you know, back then, like you said, just, you know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't what it is now. And, uh, road racing was, I mean, if you, if you look at the era of, you know, 2005, 2006, um, man, it was, you know, you were going directly into the hotbed, whether it was Weera uh, or AMA road racing. It was just, it was a hotbed of talent, excitement. Um, have you ever, um, talk people. about Weera, Peyton, have you ever gone on the, uh, sorry to mm -hmm. cut you off, have you ever gone on the, uh, the no, Weera forum? Because <laughs> Rob, Rob is actually a, uh, what are you, Rob, like ranked in the top five for posts of all time? <laughs> no i'm up there but it's not i don't think it's that much yeah. i could look it up though i could look you're up yeah, there we're bored uh, I, yeah man that's a uh that's a place it it uh i've been on there a time or two of course you know i, I truthfully i don't know if i ever posted or, or anything on there uh always try to stay out of that um but you know and at the same time it's like i was pretty young when all this was going on so i mean I was more worried about, you know, what my MySpace profile looked like opposed to <laughs> posting on the BBS. Have um, you ever raced but, with Robbie uh, Bobby? Have you guys ever raced or no? I like, cause I you're from the same area. Thinking, yeah. I was thinking about that. Maybe Rob, did you race SVs or yeah? Um, did you, were you okay? Maybe, maybe it was SVs. I don't know. I mean, I remember, you know, meeting you, seeing you around, you know, back then, uh, maybe, you know, talking a time or two, um, and, and, and just probably, I know, obviously remember your name from results and, and all that. I'm going to look up some results um, right now. 
he, yeah, he was always yeah, a and, solid Corey, 15th to 20th kind of guy. Rock <laughs> Not in well, Wira. Uh, well, you know, as, as far as kind of not to like go back in the conversation or whatever, uh, I've tried to find results from um, from that that Ducoin race, and I can't find them either. And I remember being able to look them up about you know probably ten years ago or whatever. Um, yeah, they're gone. Because obviously, you know, but yeah, I mean, I think it was just kind of like a they're in AMA archives, and they probably just you know. I'll have to hit up uh, Ken Salant and see if I can get those results. Cause there you go. man, I just want to like, I'll probably will look at them results and be like, Oh yeah, that guy raced. Oh yeah. That, yeah like yeah. we were talking about um, yesterday, um, Justin Hanna, like just random people that like, Oh golly. Yeah. Yeah. Man, he, like, he was, he was that fast. That was fast. Yeah. He was yeah. really um, fast, but he was like this kid that like, he would go to space camp every year. So like you had this nerdy, yeah base camp fucking kid and then he'd show up and like win yeah he was fast so yeah um, yeah and, and another thing another thing i really wanted to find i guess uh, results or pictures or even like a video or something like that but golly this was so long ago and it was you know even though the internet was around it certainly what it certainly isn't you know wasn't what it is today but uh the red rider junior supermoto challenge that honda did that was such a big deal back in you know uh 2004 2005 2006 in that era of supermoto that you know and so many kids went through that i mean i think um i mean golly i think there were some pro motocrossers that did it michael essie um, won michael essie won the first year yeah like, yeah him and johnny lewis right. battle John, uh, it's so weird that johnny like johnny lewis is now johnny because like growing up with john it was always we called him little john, john so like yeah. little john and then yeah. like one year all of a sudden his name was johnny and everybody called him johnny i'm like wait i thought right. we call you little john but anyway so him and alessi did it the one yeah. year and actually chad coase actually won uh yeah he won the yeah. he won the finale and he got a free honda 150 from that deal um yeah yeah so oh that the was, supermoto that was on the uh wasn't on Mary. didn't they Queen have one like on a ship yeah Queen yeah Mary. yeah yeah Man, that was such a cool thing too, man. Um, it was. Wait, so who? Wait, hold on. Did they do that more than one year, or was it just Chad won that one? They did it. Alessi won no, one year, and then I think Jamie Seaver. I dude, I don't know how I know these. I, yes, I think yes. Jamie Seaver won Jamie it one Seaver. year, and I think uh, Chad might have won the last year they had it. But I want to say all like. Were they like deep, like were they like American Super Camp style 150Fs, or these like 150Rs? Because yeah. I always wondered. Yeah, so they were 150Fs, and um, it was all you know identically prepped, and you know Danny Walker had a big hand in it, and you know I, I actually uh, so I, I did the Tennessee round. Uh, I think I got second, or yeah, I think I got second or third, so it qualified me for the Vegas round, uh, the one that Chad won. And man, it was so this kind of going going back to what I was saying earlier, how my trajectory of, you know, riding an extra 100 in the backyard to doing, you know, amateur nationals on an 80 or 85, whatever you want to call it. Um, man, that course out in um, in Vegas, it was in the Bally's parking lot, uh, you know, like right behind the strip or something like that. And it was such a gnarly racetrack especially for having no moto experience and 
it was man there were so many names in that class and uh yeah but they were all identically prepped you know all kinds of stars provided leathers uh man it was just like walk in show up ride but you had to qualify for it and then furthermore you had to qualify for the qualifier so you had to have you know resume uh good grades in school uh you know write a letter why you want to be there uh it was a really cool program and you know i, I wish they they did it longer and you know and i, I wish supermoto kind of you know carried on you know it's it's thing it was doing so yeah but uh yeah, I just wish uh wish that there was more of that online and you know, but just phones weren't what they, you know, were back then. You know, just it just yeah. It, it was uh, so much better back then. Huge so much yeah. better. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I tell all these kids I retrain with and hang out with, I'm like, dude, the nineties were so much fucking better than what it is now. I mean, it was just cool not like having to log on to the internet, like hearing the dial up and instant messenger mm-hmm. and just like myspace and the background music it was the next hell mm-hmm. phone with the walkie talkie and man it was just like oh, i remember you fun, got seven those fun times man yeah my dad would just yeah you could like alert like alert somebody or like press the button he would always alert yeah. people so like until you press the yeah. button to turn it off your phone would just keep beeping like really loud it's like dude why are yeah. you yeah. Why are you alerting me right now? But anyway, let's uh move let's move on to uh the road race side of it. I wanted to get Rob's insight on that because he's he's our road racing specialist. Um oh, yeah, Rob, clearly. Rob's won a Moto America race. Do you know that? Peyton? Shut up. I did not know that. That's, yeah. Yeah, he won Barber. Hey, uh, hey. What? Even a blind squirrel finds a nut, bud. Yeah, he, <laughs> so he won Barber. He's pound for pound the greatest to ever race a Moto America event. Um just ask I'm, him. I'm the only racer. I'm the only racer with a 100% win ratio. I can tell you that. There get you them, there get them baseball cards out. Um, You've only done one race, and you won one race. Yeah, you've Moto, never I done another pro road racing back in the day. Not a Moto, Moto America. America no. You're one for one. Holy shit! Yep, that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, well, I, right. I, let me rephrase. So, for for the statisticians out there, um, I actually signed up for my Daytona to run. Um, Oh shit! Whatever the super sport class was, I might even be super sport. Hell, I don't know. But uh, I had some mechanical issues with that one, and it uh, it did not get raced. So I signed up for two classes, just so everybody's aware. I did do some qualifying, and I think I was like mid pack on the six hundred class, but but won the the twins cup. But it's really depressing now, man. They're like over two seconds a lap faster now with these new Aprilias and the Yamahas and stuff. I mean, I was on a really good bike. I'm not like dissing my bike, but. Um, more so just the level of riders is coming just like, you know, I mean, just every, every series does it for the most yeah. part, but well, I would be these, lucky to top 10. Looking at these results now, Peyton, when I was trying to find some road racing results for you guys, just to see what classes you rode, but, um, and I don't know. Dude, I got classes. them right here. Do you? Well, then shout them out, man. Like, yeah, I, dude, I, I got him. Dude, pay, pay, he's nasty, man. I was on the, the weird site. Actually, you can still go and look him up. As my, Here's what I'm going to do for you guys. He's he's got some good stats and, and he's, he's probably being a little nice. And now it's going to ask me why the fuck isn't he out there racing anymore? That'll be the next question. Like, <laughs> why aren't you suited back up? Um, hold on. I just had it pulled up. So fit, bear with me. Here we go. So we got Brett and Peyton. So Peyton was number 15 and looks like his 2010 season was pretty strong. Um, a few podiums at nationals. Um, he did uh 600 super bike, 
see Superbike. Um, there's one down here. Yeah, he did. He had. A, I didn't know this. He ran a 1000, or at least he borrowed one. I don't know who's yeah. he rode, but yeah, um, yeah, man. So good, good finishes, man. Um, I think you got a, a couple championships too in there in the Wira, which is is difficult, man. Especially back in the day, just like the dirt track, Wira was stacked. I'm sure you remember racing probably three or four waves of 600 novices when you first started, which was insane. Oh, yeah. Like at Talladega it was yeah. like dudes yeah. going through turn three when we're starting. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, uh, it was insane back then. And, you know, uh, I did win, you know, some championships and, you know, dirt track and, uh, and road racing. And, um, I guess if you want to look at my stat chart, if you will, you know, got some top tens in, in AMA, um, man, uh, you know, just, just kind of always try to be upfront and, um, you know, that, that it, it really started off. If you want to get into like the transition of, you know, going from dirt track to road racing. Um, so we started our first year on SVs. Um, we, as in my brother, uh, Brett Sassman, um, and, and previously, you know, he's about, three and a half years older than me. Uh, so he was racing with Corey, uh, you know, in that class, 450s, hot shoe, um, stuff like that. Uh, you know, and, and I was with Shana in kind of the uh, 85, 125, 250, a little more, um, you know, smoother of a trajectory, um, you know, quote, quote, the same quote of uh, uh, 100s to amateur national teams. I, I had a little bit smoother of a run uh, opposed to just hopping on a 250 or a 450 and just, you know, expecting to go out there and race. So, um, yeah, basically we were, you know, in separate classes before, before that, but then we were, you know, kind of instantly in the same class, uh, starting road racing. So, and also I was a little bit older, uh, I was probably, you know, 15 or so. And, um, yeah, I got on an SV, um, won the, uh, novice championship, uh, first year uh i won one of them brett won the other uh sv class um and then we kind of got on 600s about halfway through did a few novice races there like at jennings talladega stuff like that um which that was you know a, a huge step up going from an sv to a you know full 600 um those were on suzuki's uh you know uh had you know a bunch of people on our corners back then from uh cliff nobles and you know the whole you know trip nobles and um you know a bunch of people you know back then we uh bruce stanford you know helped us out back then just you know always had people you know that were good around us um that they wanted to help so that was always a blessing um but yeah uh got on 600s and then uh did a, a expert year of 600s after that um and then uh pretty much went from like okay let's do uh ama uh and that was really a turning point year which that was 2008 um we uh linked up with uh chuck jacchetto uh who was uh, our crew chief uh and and kind of just always been in my life you know after that a uh, great guy uh really helped out you know me wait, wait, wait. my brother and our rich Wait, interrupting. You had Fat Chuck? Yeah. Awesome okay. Chuck? It, oh, yeah. That's, that's awesome. So for those that don't know, 
and I'll let you finish, but Chuck is now like head dude in charge of Westby Racing, right? Same Chuck. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep, I just same just yeah. talked to him like two days ago. He's he's so awesome. I got an exhaust off of him for another build we're doing yeah. for another guy's bike. But dude, that's that's awesome. I'm gonna tell him what's up, man. That's uh, I never knew that, man. And I knew you were around, but yeah, dude, you had a solid crew chief, man. Oh man, yeah. So you know, it was a it was a thing of where uh, he was working with Corey West, um, you know, and they were they were doing you know their thing and. Um, I can't remember who Corey went to go ride for the following year, but it was a, it was a thing of where, okay, we were, we were going to work with Chuck the, the next year and man, it was, uh, it was a, a transformative year. Um, we had, you know, support from Yamaha, um, you know, through Keith McCarty and, you know, Chuck Graves and, you know, that whole, uh, squad in, you know, whether it be suspension or, um, you know, just parts or, you know, bikes or whatever it was, it was always, you know, had, you know, like I said, solid people, you know, helping and, you know, supporting and, um, but man, um, you know, not to discount anyone, I should all, you know, always says, you know, my dad was, you know, a big part of that too, you know, and, you know, just kind of the, you know, uh, driving force, you know, behind that. So, um, you know, I guess, uh, Lincoln description for the, uh, Greg Sassman podcast, but, um, anyway, uh, yeah, uh, you know, that was a transformative year, like I was saying, and, um, started out, you know, doing, uh, we're a campaign and a, uh, and an AMA campaign and, um, started in Daytona. Um, I can't remember what I got in Daytona. Um, I don't think it was that great, but, um, had a few weirdo races after that and speaking of Westby um that was actually someone that I you know kind of went back and forth with you know rival wise if you want to call it that um you know during that era too so um you know came up racing with him um and uh and you know kind of same same uh theme as we've been saying just a lot of the top people you know that are in a in road racing now um gagne uh rally uh holly nash uh band just all, all well, I looked, people I, yeah i mean i looked at the uh the results list for formula extreme which i you did a little bit mm-hmm. which i don't know the class structures mm-hmm. like it, it was kind of it changed so much back then what they called it, it um but like so the class that i looked up you had Ben Bostrom, Tommy Hayden, which is, it's sick that you got to race with like basically, I mean, it's basically like me racing with Rich King or, you know, Kevin Atherton. You got to race with, you know, Bostrom, dude, the Bivas. That's sick. Um, Tommy, Roger, uh, Gobert got to race with uh, one of the Goberts. I forget which one it was, but he was on there. Aaron, and then, uh, yeah. and then, then you had Josh Heron, Jake Zemke, uh, Danny Eslick, Josh Hayes, Martin, Blake Young, Chaz Davies, who uh, obviously he's, he's had some incredible success overseas. I, I love that guy. He's a cool dude. Um, Fonger, we all love Bobby Fong. Corey West, Steve Rapp, Tommy Aquino, Godspeed. Like, man, it was uh, right. it's a fun like group of guys, man. It's like yeah, yeah. In the early 2000s yeah. was uh, it was just cool to see those names on there, like looking at the results. So that's 
that's badass, man. Talk about that. And then we'll, uh, kind of talk about just, uh, before we let you roll, I just want to know about the transition that, uh, went into the decision for you to kind of call it a career. Sure. So yeah, it was, uh, during, during that, you know, era, uh, like I said, you know, big, uh, big transition time, you know, and, uh, and got some, you know, top tens in AMA. Um, I, I did have, uh, and, and, uh, kind of before I get, get to what I was about to say, um, you know, big races in, in Wira and ASRA, um, you know, racing with Robert Jensen or Jeff Wood, um, you know, you'd have guys come down from AMA and do, you know, a, a big Wira race like cycle jam or, you know, grand national finals. Um, Taylor Knapp was, uh, was one of them that was, you know, I remember racing back and forth with, um, man but uh yeah it, it kind of had a little bit of a halt during that year um i uh, had a pretty big crash not like a huge one but it was just kind of like a you know uh wrong place wrong time type of thing uh it was for uh, asra um which i don't know if asra is still a thing anymore or not but um that was a that was a big race uh at cycle jam at vir um and man, uh, came down the hill in VIR on, uh, coming up to the back stretch, uh, big high side, um, broke my wrist, uh, but I actually didn't know it was broken. Um, and at the time just kind of hurt, uh, went to the, um, went to road Atlanta the following weekend, um, almost won the race, uh, with those same guys, um, with a broken wrist. Uh, was riding uh, riding my bicycle, you know, on a, on a training ride. Uh, the following week after that, you know, wrist still still is hurting me. Uh, so I went to the doctor. They're like, yes, yeah, um, there's a hairline, you know, fracture on your scaphoid, um, and that, that was pretty much like eight weeks um, eight weeks in a cast, and uh, really hurt the the latter half of um, la- latter half of that year. Uh, I think I did maybe the last round of AMA at, um, I want to say it was maybe Road Atlanta. Um, I'm not sure, but didn't go that well. Um, really stressful, you know, race. Cause it was just like, man, I feel like I just threw away, you know, such a good season. I think it was maybe, you know, in the top 10 in uh, formula extreme, uh, in points at that time. Um, I can't remember exactly, but, um, man, it was, it was a big bummer. Um, so Rob, uh, your, your question about the 1000, the following year, uh, I, uh, my brother and I, I rode for Vezra Suzuki. Um, and you know, we did a few rounds with them, uh, and I was on a 1000 for them. Uh, so that's where you see the 1000. Ah, uh, okay. All right. Entry. No. Yeah. Yeah. Wicked fast. Those things are <laughs> really fast. Uh, really fun too. But, um, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I, I did some, uh, did some, you know, stuff on my own just with, uh, with, you know, Chuck's help, um, you know, through that year. Um, but man, it was, you know, to give you a timeline, it was, that was 2009. Um, you know, 2008 was the year that I, I said that I broke my wrist. So it was, you know, economically, it was kind of starting to, uh, uh, get a little dismal, uh, as we all know. So, um, you know, 
racing. That was also the DMG takeover for road racing. Uh, a lot mm, of stuff changing, yeah. a lot of uncertainty, uh, you know, and, and at the same time, you know, we have, you know, a Harley dealership, which, you know, I was kind of starting to, to work, work in, which, you know, timeline wise, I was about, you know, 19, 20, you know, around that age. And, uh, you know, kind of starting to think about, you know, future and uh, also, you know, very black cloud hangover uh over road racing and uh i actually i can't quite remember what dirt track was like at that time um you know it was like you know yeah yeah so i mean so like the the rider numbers were good like and rob like we see this all the time on facebook groups and blah blah like people talking about how racing was so much better when you know we had all these riders and you had to qualify to make the main and i'm thinking back to like when he's talking about 09 2010 kind of like the Jake Johnson era where like when he was winning championships, like right after cool Beth, like we had a lot of riders, but nobody was making money. And there might've been two guys making money where it's all relevant to what you think is good. Like what's a good series, like the riders making a career out of it or a lot of riders just showing up and having bigger grids. You know, it's, you can have that argument all day, but I remember in 2010, 2011, no, there wasn't, there wasn't guys that they weren't making that much money. So um, sorry, I got a hair in my mouth. Uh, anyway, so the, uh, the, the nineties, everything was pretty good. Like those camel pro checks were solid, but then like mid two thousands to early 2010s, there wasn't a lot of money in the sport. So yeah, yeah. anyway, a little sidetrack, but, uh, just wanted to kind of, yeah, fill that in a little. No, no. I, and, and like I said, I kind of didn't know what dirt track was like at that time, or at least can't remember. Um, but you know, because I was, in the road racing scene and just kind of, you know, that was my focus, but, uh, yeah, so it was, uh, you know, I, I actually did a, uh, a, a 2010, I did like, um, a we're a national, um, kind of effort with, um, with project one Atlanta, which was a kind of a, a side, I don't want to say side project because it was a, man, it was a full effort. Uh, and you had, you know, guys like, you know, Ben Bostrom, you know, racing, racing with them for, you know, the Weira uh, endurance event and all that. So it was, it was a big deal, but um, I did a, um, an effort with them uh, for the uh, full 2010 Weira national series. And, um, you know, Rob, you were saying, uh, man, you got some solid, uh, solid finishes. That was a tough year, dude. That was a really tough year. Like, yeah, I'm for, looking, I was looking at the results. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I might have finished well, but it was it was a tough year because I was you know uh, I was um, kind of still getting over that injury, if I'm being honest, um, and and kind of like you know it's, it's it's so crazy having the perspective now uh, that you know you didn't have back then, you know, because obviously you know hindsight 2020 type of thing, but also you know you're older and you kind of live somewhat in the you know, past of like, man, I, I was so fast, you know, and I can't get it together now. And I don't know how to get it together. It's, it's really a racing is one of those things that it's, it's so part of your identity and it, it, or at least it was, you know, for me, I mean, I, I still look at myself as a, as a motorcycle racer. And, you know, even though I'm not racing, you know, fully now, it's just, man, it's, 
it's who you are. It's, it's important to you. Um, and man, uh, I think maybe sometimes that's why you don't see certain people post on Facebook is because it's like, they kind of look at that as a, as a past thing that they, they did and who they were and they're a different person now, but man, it's, to me, it's a, uh, it's kind of a, uh, you have a certain creed for the, with being, being that in a, in a way of life. I mean, it doesn't matter if I'm, you know, driving my, my, my wife and get around. It's like, I'm thinking of racing lines when I'm going around an interstate, you know, carousel or whatever. So I don't know. It just kind of always follows you, but um, yeah, you know, the, the 2010 season was really tough and, uh, you know, at the same time, you know, black cloud hanging over, you know, racing, racing industry. And, uh, but, you know, at the same time, I still had a lot of people helping me, a lot of people in my corner and, you know, extremely thankful for them. And, you know, whether it be, you know, Scott Dewey at Dunlop or Bruce Porter at Arai or, you know, Motion Pro or any of the guys at Yamaha, Kyle Googly Googly Medi was my um, suspension guy, you know, Owens, just, you know, great people. And, you know, like I said, you know, Chuck Giacchetto, uh, obviously my dad, um, man, just, uh, you know, always had Josh Hayes, I uh, shouldn't forget to say him. I mean, he helped me out. Um, you know, yeah, so just, everybody, he's the best. Oh man, he is. He is. Like, there's nobody has anything uh, bad to say about Joshua, Kurt Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so is, but yeah, just, uh, just a, a mentally tough year as you know we all have and um after that you know the following year uh my brother actually started to race the xr 1200 series uh and i did a few races there but um you know during that time uh man it was just you know there were things that that needed to be done at the dealership and i felt a responsibility um to you know take that on uh, as did my brother. Um, and it just kind of, you know, natural evolution, um, you know, just taking accountability, having pride, you know, for your, for your family and your business and your, uh, you know, legacy, if you want to call it that. And, um, I mean, man, I remember we had a, uh, we had a porter, you know, that just kind of like walked off from the job and I just like picked up where he left off. And that was kind of, that was, almost like an unofficial in, you know, as far as working at a dealership, uh, it's just like kind of picking up, you know, what needed to be done. And, you know, that, you know, evolved into, uh, you know, working in, you know, parts, you know, here and there, and then, you know, writing service and, um, you know, golly, just, just about anything, you know, here. And, um, then I, uh, took over our parts, uh, parts department, uh, by default. Um, we had a manager that, you know, he wanted to chase a music career and, um, but he still wanted to, you know, work at the dealership and we needed a parts manager. So I just kind of, you know, uh, took the initiative, if you will. And, you know, just kind of, uh, I guess the rest is history, if you will. And, you know, but man, I, I look at it just like racing where, you know, there's, there's always something to work on. There's always something to improve. Um, you know, goal oriented and, uh, you know, it's, it's just kind of turned into, um, what it is now. And, you know, I am just a, a blip, uh, as far as the, the history of, you know, dealership, uh, goes, we've celebrated our 75th year this year and, uh, actually, uh, or 
district manager came down last week and presented us with a plaque and, you know, had like a big family picture and everything and dealership photo and all that. But, you know, we've, you know, won, you know, Barn Shield awards, you know, past, uh, past year or two. And, you know, just, uh, you know, just, it, it, it's been a, a really cool, uh, kind of the, the transition and granted, yeah, I, I would have, uh, enjoyed, you know, racing, you know, a few more years and, and all that, but it's kind of, you know, just, uh, things just work out, you know, for a reason, I suppose. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm very happy with, you know, the life I have now and, uh, you know, just, and just how work, life has worked out. So, um, you know, and Corey, I see, man, it's a really cool scene, you know, what Cruz is doing and, you know, y'all's whole, whole program. And, uh, that's, I, I look forward to those years. So, man, it's, you know, if that, if that happens, you know, so, but no, it's, uh, it's just, it's cool how, how life has worked out. So. Yeah, man. No, it's, it's been a cool story and, uh, yeah, it was cool having you on cool chatting. Definitely wanted to get some insight, man. Just chat with you. It's been a minute. So, uh, yeah, just, uh, yeah, we could chat for hours. All right. Like there's so much yeah, with really flat could, track man. road racing, the dealership, but, uh, it's cool to see, uh, obviously those listening, uh, Harley Davidson of Macon, Georgia. I need to get there. I've, uh, I've, I don't really, where you're at, I don't really drive through there much. Like, you know, if I go South, I just take 95 through Savannah. Uh, we do have family, my wife's family yeah, in, yeah. in coming, coming Georgia. So like Atlanta, uh, but. Oh just, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. So we just haven't got down there, but I need to. Yeah, you can get and, down there and see the dealership for sure. So, yeah, and you know, for for all those you know listening that don't know, it's uh, Corey and Shana and my brother Brett and I go back so far. You know, even with you know the the Harley dealership, you know, side of things and going to dealer shows and running around kids as, as kids and you know pissing people off and all that and just man there's so many cool memories you know that i have with you guys and yeah uh, those were those were it, fun times uh, those dealer shows like i kind of yeah, hated, we hated certain aspects of them just because it was boring as a kid but looking back and making sure, yeah. something out of nothing like where it was like we just kind of entertained ourselves running around i'm surprised our parents <laughs> like they just let us do whatever like we would just run around like Nashville or freaking wherever. And yeah, I mean, it was yeah. different times, then, but yeah, good, good memories. And yeah. it's, it's cool to see you guys are still involved with the dealership. Obviously it's like, that's like a different life for me. It's like, you know, different, way different chapter of my life, but um, it's cool to see that, like you guys still doing that. And yeah, we'll catch up down the road. It'd be cool to see you guys. Uh, I keep, I think every year I'm like on you guys about coming to the, uh, the winter throwdown in uh Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. So one of these one of these days it'd be cool to get you guys over and uh get you on like a mad dog bike or something for uh just a yeah, ride. I mean, be sick, so for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean you know, I, I still uh know how to, you know, pitch it sideways and I in, in in kind of uh you know primarily now, you know, my racing and you know riding that I do now, it's you know national enduro stuff, you know, um, you know, few and far between, um, now a few years ago, I did it a little more regularly and my brother, um, he did, you know, like a full race season, uh, won about eight races, um, you know, in, in, in one season. And, um, he's, 
very fast off-road racer and um you know so we we uh and my, my dad's you know uh, i don't know if he talked about this on his podcast or not but I, i'm sure you know it came up at some point but he's very fa- fast off-road racer too so you know that's kind of something we've always done and um you know i'll do a you know national enduro you know here and there and um you know but it's uh yeah just as far as uh as far as you know pitching it sideways i still uh still have my skid shoe and all that and i i do want to do that i've actually kind of kicked around the idea here here and there um, well, i'll be on you, you know, leading up fun, to this deal you know i'll i'll be on you i'll uh yeah, I'll hit you up. <laughs> find yeah, you like um for sure well, i appreciate you man sure. i know you got stuff going on i'll uh yeah, man. Yeah. Keep in touch and thanks for coming on and, and sharing your stories, dude. It's uh it's just a crazy journey. And yeah, tell the fam I said hi and we'll chat Hello. soon. Hello, man. Yeah, man. Good talking to you guys. Uh yeah, man. We'll see you soon. All right, Peyton. See you, buddy. All right, guys. Yeah, that was uh that was an awesome episode. Robbie actually had to bounce. He had something going on, but if you can make sure to subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify want to shout out the sponsors that make this happen. I didn't want to interrupt the interview, man. It was going so good with so such good information. Yamaha Motorsports and Yamaha Racing, Indian Motorcycle. Make sure you check them out. Go test ride in Indian. Um, really cool things they're doing, announcing their racing plans for next season real soon. And great lineup of bikes, just their new bikes that they came out with. Uh, we'll post some photos on the social pages, but man, they're they're awesome. And I still, I, I need to get myself a Challenger, just cruise around uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania on a Challenger. Uh, real estate Respoli, the fastest realtor in the world, probably, right? Like, so James is doing really good things. We mentioned his name a couple of times on the podcast. Anywhere in Florida, if you're looking for a house, a rental home, an Airbnb property, Florida is the move. It's the state you want to go to. It's uh, it's it's going on right now, and Respoli is your guy. He's a racer. He's four racers. He knows how to win. He knows how to get you the best price and anything you need for home, home buying. He's your guy. He specializes in on the east side, the land, Daytona, Palm Coast, New Smyrna. But anywhere in Florida, he can uh he can make it happen for you. Moto America, we we talked a lot about road racing on this ep- on this episode. I wanted to get through um talk about their 20 2023 schedule. We'll do that on the next pod. We'll do a rundown with Robbie Bobby on their schedule. Really cool schedule. Really cool classes they've announced. And uh, yeah, we'll talk about that on the next pod. Dunlop motorcycle tires, 19-inch, 17-inch, off-road street. Anything you need for your bike, Dunlop has them. Check out their website, DunlopMotorcycleTires.com. Jerry Stinchfield makes the pod happen. This guy's been with us since day one, supporting teams. Everyone, like everyone, it seems like, keeps us going. You won't find a more passionate guy out there, Jerry Stinchfield. Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas, commercialroofsystems.net, and Manscaped. Speed, baby. Speed is important, and you got to be clean-shaved, ready to rock, top, head to toe, and Manscaped is the tool you need. Waterproof. It's got flashlight. It's got 7,000 RPM quiet stroke motor. It's all in the details. 20% off and free shipping. Go on their website, manscaped.com. Use the code TANKSLAB20. That's a wrap, guys. Appreciate everybody for supporting us, keeping us going. Give the pot a share. And uh, until next week, we out.